0: Basically today is going to be a rip report. First thing I want to do is salute all the veterans. Simplify to my good friends in the Marine Corps. I hope everybody remembers on Monday, Veterans Day, exactly what it means and what some people gave up for us to enjoy the liberty that we have today. Let's jump into a few local things. One thing in uh, Fairhope is uh, the best of the best featured in Lanyap is the Fairhope Film Festival. That's going to be between November 14th and 17th. They have in Lanyap listed all the movies that are going to be shown. So if you want to do a little review or preview, you can do that. The... um, let's see the next thing is the spanish fort mayor nothing's really changed on that uh it's now looks like it's going to be headed to court before anything is determined Um, whether um there's any settlement prior to that i guess we'll just have to stay tuned um <clears throat> the next thing is uh in fairhope which has been the case since october 1st they've yet to pass a budget and this city council that is sitting there today has yet to pass a budget in the entire time that they have uh, served in office and in fact in the middle of the budget they threw a monkey wrench in it by buying uh, property that they could have very well put into infrastructure needs, the money, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, one of the uh, uh, next things is uh, the big news is what's going on over there in Fairhope again, and I would imagine the mayor is pretty proud of the staff there and the success that they had with uh, Senator Jones. Uh, They've coming up with uh, basically legislation that is going to try to uh, protect Mobile Bay and the Mobile River watershed. As you know, there's 14 municipalities in Baldwin County. One county can't do it uh, all. uh, I mean, one uh, municipality, it doesn't take one municipality. It's going to take everybody. And uh, Fairhope is... uh, supports the bipartisan legislation which is a water quality grant program bill and um this was introduced by senator doug jones this is what we needed on the eastern shore everybody knows that we have water problems and sewer problems and of course our development is just running rampant so um it needs to be looked into another article on the coastal Alabama water on this same thing was written by John Sharp that was on the fourth and he's got a very good article coastal Alabama water center stage in the courts and congress uh he goes into again speaking about the uh grant uh which is sitting is to setting up for uh the county and counties to share data about water quality uh, pollution solutions and water infrastructure because like i said again it involves all of us Um, i hope everybody will pay attention to what's going on read the article there's uh quite a bit in there about uh, innovative uh, communities by design. This is something that Fairhope is doing. Uh, in the past, in Baldwin County, people have looked forward about a week or two as to what their planning is. Now we're beginning to see more and more people planning farther, further ahead and taking into consideration these water qualities that should have been done some time ago. Also, in John's article is uh, the uh, synopsis somewhat of the Daphne Utilities and the Baykeeper lawsuit. <clears throat> that was settled. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me that was settled and baykeeper uh is the one that held daphne utilities to the fire i thought it was very interesting in the article that uh, representative of daphne utilities john gray he also represents the school board and uh, uh senator elliott he is paid by all three to do so and he said there isn't anywhere in the settlement document that uh, references any compensation for the mobile bay Keeper's legal fees uh, i find that quite interesting because this is a clever move by spin artists to let you know uh not exactly the truth playing semantics what happens is there's a settlement in the lawsuit so let's say baykeepers gets a a settlement in the lawsuit in the lawsuit are the fees for the attorneys so the people responsible may not have written a check directly to the attorneys but they paid the attorney fees that's the same thing that happened to me when i sued the Fairhope City Council over not allowing me to speak and my constitutional issues in federal court. Immediately thereafter, they said, "Well, we didn't spend any money for uh, attorneys or anything else. It was an outright lie. They paid for all of the attorneys. They had to." So, anyway, look into and try to read up on the uh, this legislation and about the uh, waterways also in Lanyap under garrote's corner there's by ken robinson there's the impact of water another article addressing the same issues which really which really needs everybody getting on board and i can see that really changing in the last six months to a year on the eastern shore uh by far uh fairhope is way ahead of the ball uh but they are also experiencing a massive amount of infrastructure needs. So they may be headed for more trouble down the road, just trying to stay up with what's going on. Um, One other thing that uh, we will be talking about in the future uh, is going to be mediation processes and how unfair they can be, especially on the appellate, appellate level and how some of these mediation attorneys are selected by judges and it almost looks as if there's too cozy a relation there, and you just wonder what type of mediation is going on or what type of settlement is trying to be forced. That's one thing. The other thing that we're going to be looking at is the family court uh, and uh, uh, in Baldwin County, and I can tell you right now that's going to be a uh, very emotional podcast. We'll be featuring the... Uh, uh, actions of the fe- family court judge Michelle Thomason, uh, which if we had phone lines, we wouldn't even be able to get everybody on the line. But before I spill the beans on that, we that will be a special podcast on family court. I'm sure you're not going to want to miss that. Um, the next thing is the um, uh, in Fairhope, something that i thought was very interesting this last week in the planning and zoning commission they were discussing rsa wanting to develop a small slither of land on a golf course area where the golf course is on both sides and this little sliver of land is there well years ago fairhope and rsa came to a decision of having a tourist uh designation for uh zoning and they wanted that uh which was a good idea so they had a marina hotel golf course it should be in a tourist district however that's the same tourist district if you remember we spoke about not long ago where rsa wanted to take out the gas tanks they did take out the gas tanks at the marina which was voted which was annexed as tourism or sorry zoned as tourism they took out those uh tanks and then came up a proposal of about a 12 or 14 unit uh condo that they wanted to have put there the city and the county i'm very pleased to say turned it down the people in the community turned out and that was turned down expect them to come back now rsa is wanting to change this little sliver of land that they have they want to change the zoning to tourism but they want to build houses So, RSA is looking to have its cake and eat it too. They're not considering the people of Point Clear and those in Point Clear that are affected by this. You should bring that up at the next planning and zoning meeting as to how can they just use the tourist designation in one respect and then in the next respect, they change it to where it fits their style. Okay? So, uh, anyway, the... RSA thing will come back up on planning and zoning, I believe, in December. Uh, some people are represented by the able hands of attorney Adam Milam, so we'll see how that turns out. But I do think that that should be a factor and should be brought up. Uh, the another thing that is that we're dealing with in Fairhope is again in in. Um, in Lanyap, the – well, let's see. Wait just one second. I wanted to go through one other thing here. It was a connectivity, right. In Fairhope, they had a connect a connectivity master plan workshop Thursday, November 7th. I went to that as well. This workshop uh, was designed for uh, pedestrian traffic, bike traffic, how do you get around – in Fairhope or in the county, how, what is going to be the best way to encourage people to, you know, get out of their vehicles, so to speak? Now, the connectivity master plan is the same master plan that uh, the city council applied to get into to, to uh, work in this program with the park service and. So, they come up with a combination of, like I said, bicycles, trails, everybody, planning department, come up with this trail system that they're trying to work in to uh, promote connectivity, which, which the city council has always, that's one of their favorite words connectivity, connectivity, connectivity. Mm-hmm. However, this is the connectivity plan that the city of Fairhope, the mayor, was trying to get the city council to wait before they bought the $2.65 million worth of land, to wait for this connectivity master plan workshop. Listen to the citizens of the community. By the way, no city councilman attended the meeting. And the property that they bought for the $2.65 million, they closed on the 1st of November, one week before the workshop now the bottom line is this you have a whole slew of people staff you've got the national park service you have everybody working bicycle people trail people everybody working on this connectivity master plan workshop however the city council goes rogue only three members brown boone and burrell and they want this piece of property outside this planned master plan. So now what you have is the city council now has picked a piece of property that not only does it not work for the connectivity of the city and the entire plan, they have now created a problem as to how do you link up everything that has been planned, these trails and everything that they were working on. Now they have to rearrange their plans to try to bring in this piece of property uh, so where it is as walkable as the rest. That is going to cost a lot of money. There's no sidewalks. There's nothing to it. It's too far down 13. But three councilmen wanted it and three councilmen got it. And they got it without any public participation. Now, there are councilmen that are hollering, saying, oh, no, 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 we had public participation. Folks, they did not. They did talk about it among themselves. They did not have public participation. They did not listen to the public. In fact, the Park Service endorsed the Twin Beach piece of property. When they saw that the council wasn't going to go with the Twin Beach piece of property, they said, look, why don't you buy both pieces of property, but we can utilize the first piece trying to buy the piece of property that the community had desired. They turned it down. Mr. Boone, Brown, and Burrell just moved straight ahead, had the appraisal, promised everybody during the appraisal on October 29th of last year, I mean, uh, on the 29th of last year, that uh, they were just going to get an appraisal. That's all they were going to do. Then they moved forward with the sale without any participation whatsoever. They had people stood up and complained and asked for it. They still denied it. Well, talking about that, Leads us right into the same thing that's going on now. And that's in Fairhope. Now, Fairhope is bursting at the seams, folks. I mean, it's out of control. You have over 820 apartments that are either built, approved, or in the final stages of approval you have another 750 homes that are in the same status that's 1500 units that's like 3000 people 1200 cars Mm -hmm. what do you think that's going to do for schools no one is thinking about the overwhelming impact that this is going to have some you know your developer A developer is going to tell you, well, we pay impact fees. Well, the impact fees that they're paying folks are nowhere close to the impact that they're going to have on this community. Now, the biggest, one of the biggest projects that in Fairhope that is being uh, considered is the one that in the RIP Report we wrote about. If you go to ripreport.com, by the way, you can go to the council members, Boone, Brown, Burrell, whatever is over on the side column, click on that and you can find out about some of these issues that I'm speaking about, especially when I talk about conflicts of interest uh, because these articles go back years and link these people uh, over and over and over again. Uh, I've said it many times and I don't mean it to be demeaning to people that have lived here for a long time, but... The Baldwin County, the corruption that involved, is involved and everything is not going to change by the people that lived here all their lives and voting on it. It's going to change by the new people coming here that look at the way that things have been done and say, no, we're not going to do it that way. This is wrong. So you can go to the RipReport.com and you can look up those and I encourage you to do so. Now, in Lanyap again, or in the, on the RIP report, I covered this last week, not only I covered this last week, what I consider to be a huge conflict of interest. And that is that the judge, the sitting judge in, in, ba- in uh, Fairhope, Judge uh, Snedeker, Hames Snedeker, whose partner is Ray Hicks, the, these gentlemen are proposing the largest project that will ever be built in Fairhope. Now, the sitting judge, Mr. Snedeker, is appointed by the city council. In order for his project to be approved, it has to go before the city council. So my question to you out there, everybody listening... Because please correct me if I'm wrong. How can the city council that appointed the judge make a decision about the judge's development? I'll be waiting to hear from you. Now, in the same realm, what we, you know, I don't want to talk about the judge Snedeker as a judge. I want to talk about Judge Snedeker as the developer. Okay, so we're going to talk about the developer. Friends without benefits is an article that was written this by Gabe Times. That's this week in Lanyap. I encourage you to get it. Now, I wrote my article before I read Mister Times' article. In fact, I hadn't even read his article for a couple of days afterward. And his article uh, raises potential developments, uh, raised questions about conflict of interest. And the conflict of interest on this very same project that I'm talking about, and I called it the corridor of chaos, uh, Councilman Boone has a conflict of interest with this project. And Councilman Jay Robinson has a problem. Now, these are both issues that came up about just two of the councilmen. However, all five councilmen have a conflict of interest because they appointed the judge. Now, I submit to you that the other three councilmen also have connections to the developer, and that is Mr. Burrell, Mr. Burrell and Mr. Hicks, one of the partners, the attorney of, uh, of Snedeker, were involved in quite a controversy with the airport authority in 2015, where Mr. Burrell, as council president, allowed or went along with Mr. Hicks, a board member, making a bid on an airplane hangar, which Mr burrell oversaw guess who got the contract hicks snedeker got the contract all right mr burrell should have never been president of the council on the board and then be the one making that decision okay now at one of the last meetings mr mario gabriel jr who's lived in the neighborhood of Firethorn Subdivision for over three years, he had a real pointed question to the council. He he won't get an answer. But his question was, who on this council has a vested personal interest in this project, suggesting that Snedeker's role as municipal judge presented a conflict of interest? Bet you anything that Mr. Gabriel is not from here. Because this is something that we all should be looking at. What's the solution? The solution is that the good judge, if he wants to be a developer, should be a developer. But I don't know of another developer-judge combination that has a million-dollar airplane, has a million-dollar hangar, is doing projects all over the country, and then all of a sudden we're looking at this project. Now they have a marina project. Hicks Nicks, Snedeker at the same time now has a marina project going on in uh, Fort Lauderdale, twenty-five million dollars. Okay, and today, just today, Tractor Supply Company is going to replace White Sands Bowling Center. This is also in Florida. This is a huge bowling alley that's now going to be replaced. And Hicks, Snedeker are the contractors. So you look at these two huge contracts outside the city, and they're doing jobs all over the country, and it makes you wonder where this is all going and how much can one company handle. If you remember, in 04, we had a downturn in the economy. One of the things that caused that downturn in the economy was too much building too much development, too much speculation. And at that time, Mr. Hicks and Mr. Snedeker had to agree to settle a multi million dollar civil do- judgment, which was two po- $10.2 million. So, taking all of that into consideration, then we're sitting here and we're looking at building, uh, I think it was 230 apartments, it was 67 houses and about 16 commercial lots. I don't think that this project is designed to begin anytime soon. And the things that people should be, the thing that I have noticed through the years is, you go to planning and zoning, and then you hear about this project, and they say, well, this has already been approved, we're just moving up to a final phase. And you say, well, when was it approved? Oh, it was approved in 09. It's approved in 05. It's approved in 11. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. So you go ahead, you, you come up, you go to planning and zoning, and you get your project entirely approved, and then you set it on the table and it just sits there until you get good and ready to do it. Now, when I look at what Mr. Hicks and Mr. Snedeker as developers are doing. And I think they're probably very good developers. They certainly have staying power to be able to take a hit for 10.2 million and come back on their feet. But I don't think that being a municipal judge and doing this project is right at all. The project may sit there for years. I think what planning and zoning should do and what the community should do is say, hey, look, we wanna know if this is approved. When are you breaking ground? when's your construction time to begin? Is this project just going to lay there idly for years? Is it going to get half built and then we're going to run into trouble? And on this particular project, it is right on the boundary of the city. They want to come into the city. They want to come into the city and just like the RSA and just like anybody else that's outside the city, they use that good old threat. If you don't let us come into the city, we'll do what we want anyway in the county. Every single one of them will tell you the same thing. Instead of trying to negotiate something for the betterment of the community, you get threats. And that's what they, that's what they did with RSA and the community at Point Clear over the gas station. And now the same thing. They're forcing this into court about the other deal. Getting back to friends without benefits. On the 13th, November 13th, at the city council meeting, the city council is going to try to pass a budget. Of course, that will only be six or seven weeks late. But one of the other things that's going to come up is going to be this project. And I do not see how in the world this is going to fly. This is, this is, like, this is like, let's see how much Fairhope can take. First, we're going to get this connectivity plan. We're not going to follow it. We're going to do what we want to do. Second, we're going to buy this property, and we don't care what anybody says, for $2.65 million, and we're just going to continue to say that, uh, you know, we had public participation when we didn't. They tried to give away the uh, uh, triangle, to a conservation easement, and trust me, they're going to come back and try some scheme again there. They've been trying to build in the gullies, and when I say they, I'm talking about, you know, the same people that keep coming back over and over again, different developers. But sooner or later, this has got to, there has to be some reasoning here as to what is, what is going on? How much building is enough is enough, and how can these people have the connections that they have? Mr. Boone has more LLCs than anybody has any idea. We have written about this and shown conflict of interest after conflict of interest, and no one says anything. It gets shoved down their throat. until you as a community, show up and voice your concerns they they're used to listening to me well they they may be they may be getting a little bit more aggravated with me now that I'm getting more than my 3 minutes because you see when you go to city council meeting you only get 3 minutes of public participation that is if they'll let you talk and if you do get that 3 minutes you have to look at some of the council that may be smirking at what you were saying And you can be sure that you will get no comment from them and you will get no direction from them. Whatever you say will fall on deaf ears, but it's only three minutes. So if you want a little bit more than three minutes, you could always call us up here at Backstory Podcast and we'll give you the time that you need. I don't think that anybody should be critical of something without a solution, uh, some solution. Friends without benefits and conflict of interest are real easy to do. If Judge Snedeker wants to be developer Snedeker, then he needs to resign as Judge Snedeker. So on today's podcast, that is going to be kind of a short one for you. Uh, Harry was involved in court today. I hope everybody enjoys Veterans Day. It looks like the Alabama football uh, game is going to be very interesting to watch uh, politically as well as the football game itself. So I hope everybody has a good weekend. Get ready for next Wednesday night is the November 13th. That also happens to be the coldest night of the year. Maybe that's an omen for that meeting that night because it certainly will be cool in that room. Uh, Give us a call. There's something that you're concerned with or uh, we are doing a podcast that we're putting together on Family Court. If you would like to voice uh, your concerns or experiences that you had in Family Court, especially if you were out from under the uh, thumb of the court, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, The RIP report is the court of public opinion. This is the only court in Baldwin County where your voice is heard. So use the court of public public opinion. We welcome it. Thank you and have a real good weekend. God bless.